if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed. Good morning to you. Eight minutes after nine o'clock, and we are underway on this Wednesday, the second morning of the 12th month of the year of our Lord 2020. Appreciate you being with us. Coming up on the program at 1035. So, the last segment of the show, last half hour of the show, former Congressman Jim Renacy will be joining us to talk about the state of this state. Yes, Jim Renacy is uh, probably pushing forward and plans to primary Governor Mike DeWine. So clearly he has uh, a vested interest in spreading very important information about the state of the state. But it's not um, it's not just simply political. Everything he's going to talk about, and I have looked at it very closely, is very, very real. This state is in serious trouble in large part because of the leadership of Mike DeWine that has nothing to do with coronavirus. Let me say that again. What Jim and AC is going to talk about with us at 1035 is about the problems facing this state before coronavirus and outside of the Chinese coronavirus. So Jim Renacy is going to join us at 1035. We're going to talk about that. Uh, he's been very active in trying to help protect and save the state, quite frankly. Uh, and the organization that he has put together, Ohio First Foundation, is dedicated to doing that. And uh, whether that's part of a, a gubernatorial run or not doesn't matter. It's doing good work, and I'm going to talk to him about that at 1035. The rest of the program is ours, all ours, and that means yours at 216-901-0945. Guest free in hour number one and for most of hour number two. 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. I've got to get used to giving you the uh, social media handle because I am back on social media, but it's only on Parler. I still have a Facebook account, but I try not to use that for radio purposes, uh, and I dumped my Twitter account for obvious reasons. It is absolutely 100% um, uh, un-American. It is uh, a violation. It, it, the existence of Twitter is a is a is a walking violation of the First Amendment. It censors speech. It suppresses speech. If that speech is even remotely conservative in nature, and I will not participate in it any longer. So that's a long way of saying don't forget to follow me on Parler. If you have not yet downloaded the Parler app, P-A-R-L-E-R, do so. Create an account and follow me, France Radio, on Parler. That's where I share news stories now. It's where I engage in commentary and cross-talk with people. It is very, very important that we have a place to do that where we are not censored. Parler is that place, P-A-R-L-E-R. And uh, follow me at France Radio. 
Okay, uh, biggest news of the day today is coming from yesterday, and that is the alleged statement attributed to Attorney General Bill Barr claiming that there is no widespread voter fraud, that Bill Barr says there is no widespread voter fraud. To the left, that was music to their ears, because that means, ha-ha, here's the guy in charge of justice, literally the Department of Justice in the United States, saying that the election was fair, that there was no fraud. So you have to take that now, Trump supporters, and eat it and uh, acknowledge the president-elect Joe Biden and drop the rest of the nonsense. And that is, I understand, how it could be taken if one wants to just take the words literally and not look at the meaning behind them. And also not not take a look, you know, if people do not look or understand, look at or understand um, what the Department of Justice job is. It is not the job of the Department of Justice to render verdicts or make statements about civil litigation. Their only job is to respond to and investigate claims of criminal violations of the law. Meaning, if there is something that can be proven criminally, they will get involved. But their job is not to investigate fraud when it comes to um Elections, for example, at least that is what the statement was. And there is a bit of a disconnect that needs to be clarified, and I want to try to do that. So, speaking with the Associated Press, Barr said that U.S. attorneys and FBI agents have been following any leads pertaining to voter fraud only to come up empty-handed. This is how the Associated Press phrases it, quote, To date, we have not seen fraud on a scale that could have affected a different outcome in the election, end quote. Regarding claims that voting machines shifted the election in favor of Biden, uh, Barr said there's no evidence indicating that, quote, there's been one assertion that would be systemic fraud, and that would be the claim that machines were programmed essentially to skew the election results. And the DHS and DOJ have looked into that, and so far we haven't seen anything to substantiate that. Barr differentiated the DOJ's investigation into voter fraud from the lawsuits brought by the president's legal team in several key states, but noted that the DOJ's findings do not have a bearing on civil proceedings. Quote, there's a growing tendency to use the criminal justice system as sort of a default fix-all. This is the attorney general speaking. And people don't like something. When people don't like something, they want the Department of Justice to come in and, quote, investigate Most claims of fraud are very particularized to a particular set of circumstances or actors or conduct. They are not systemic allegations, and those have been run down and are being run down. Some have been broad and potentially cover a few thousand votes. They have been followed up on. So, the left has taken those words from Bill Barr as saying, we have investigated, we have looked into things that we can from a criminal standpoint, and we have found nothing that we can act on. The Trump legal team responded to that yesterday. In response to Barr's comments, the legal team issued the following statement. With all due respect to attorney to the Attorney General, there hasn't been any semblance of a Department of Justice investigation. We have gathered ample evidence of illegal voting in at least six states, which they have not examined. We have many witnesses swearing under oath they saw crimes being committed in connection with voter fraud. As far as we know, not a single one has been interviewed by the DOJ. 
The Justice Department also hasn't audited any voting machines or used their subpoena powers to determine the truth, end quote. So the Trump legal team responding to the Attorney General, making it appear as though this literally is a a head-to-head battle, which the left, again, loves. The idea that the uh, Bill Barr Department of Justice disagrees with the Trump legal team on the legality or illegality of actions and irregularities means that this is over and Joe Biden has won. But it's not that simple. The legal team said, we will continue our pursuit of the truth through the judicial system and state legislatures and continue toward the Constitution's mandate and ensuring that every legal vote is counted and every illegal vote is not. Again, with the greatest respect to the Attorney General, his opinion appears to be without any knowledge or investigation of the substantial irregularities and evidence of systemic fraud. Now, that's important. It is also important to note that just a week after the election, Attorney General Barr authorized federal prosecutors to pursue substantial allegations of voting irregularities if there are clear and apparently credible allegations of irregularities that, if true, could potentially impact the outcome of a federal election in an individual state, end quote. The Attorney General specifically instructed prosecutors that, quote, while serious allegations should be handled with great care, specious, speculative, fanciful, or far-fetched claims should not be a basis for initiating federal inquiries. Now, that's a little bit of a difficult statement. Important, but difficult. Who is to determine what is serious and should be handled with great care, specious, speculative, or excuse me, should be, should be uh, treated seriously, and which ones are fanciful, speculative, specious, and far-fetched. Who is to determine that? Especially if they don't do it, do an actual investigation. What the Attorney General appears to be instructing his federal prosecutors to do is decide the contents of the book by the cover. If the cover doesn't give you enough of a reason to want to read it, then just dismiss it and throw it away. That's problematic because many of the details are in, you know, the the fine print inside that cover. Now, the Department of Justice responding to not the Trump legal team, which responded to the Bill Barr statement, The DOJ says, no, 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 news organizations, mainstream media, you're trying to drive a wedge between us at the DOJ and the Trump legal team as if we have already rendered our verdict on those challenges. And the DOJ says, uh, news organizations that claim that the probes of voter fraud are over, they are not accurate. They're trying to drive that wedge, but the reality is that was simply an update as to what they know now, but the investigation continues. The DOJ responding to the media media organizations reported that the uh, investigations and allegations of voter fraud are over and no evidence was found. They say that's incorrect. Quote, some media outlets have incorrectly reported that the department has concluded its investigation of election fraud and announced an affirmative finding of no fraud in the election. That is not what the Associated Press reported, nor what the Attorney General stated. The Department will continue to receive and vigorously pursue all specific and credible allegations of fraud as expeditiously as possible. So Barr is essentially saying, look, from what we've investigated thus far, 
We haven't found anything credible enough to overturn the results of the election, particularly in any given state. But, and that doesn't mean it's over. He said, especially with uh, uh, as it pertains to civil litigation. Civil lawsuits being filed by the Trump legal team are very different than criminal investigations uh, initiated by the, the DOJ. He said, so first of all, you know, while we may have said that this is what we have found thus far, it doesn't mean we're done. We are not done. And according to the Trump legal team, they really haven't done enough. They need to actually begin investigating some of the more credible claims, particularly where there are hundreds of sworn affidavits alleging illegal activity and electoral fraud. So Bill Barr says we're not done. The Trump legal team says, of course, you're not done. You haven't really even started. And the media says, well, Bill Barr and the DOJ have said there's no voter fraud. Let's get on with it. Let's plan the inauguration of Joe Biden. Which brings us back to Bill Barr for one final point. And this is important. This was noted yesterday as well. The Attorney General has appointed John Durham as special counsel in order to protect his investigation into Crossfire Hurricane, the probe into the Trump campaign by the FBI during the 2016 election cycle. What does that mean? It means that John Durham is going to be able to survive a transfer of power to Joe Biden. John Durham's investigation is going to be able to continue. And as long as he has special counsel status and can continue, and can continue to investigate allegations of voter fraud, election fraud, or election uh, collusion with foreign countries, then John Durham can keep turning over stones. And if that leads him into stones in the 20s as well, he's able to continue to do that. The revelation was made yesterday to the AP amidst continuing rancor over the results of the 2020 election. Quote, I decided the best thing, this is Bill Barr, the best thing to do would be to appoint them under the same regulations that covered Bob Mueller to provide Durham and his team some assurance they'd be able to complete their work regardless of the outcome of the election. So all of those liberal Democrats cheering the uh, supposed election of Joe Biden, thinking that that means all of their illegal activities are going, they're going to be able to get away with them. The investigations into everything that was done in the 2016 election, including going all the way to the very top with Barack Obama, if they thought they were in the clear now, they thought wrong. Because Bill Barr appointing John Durham as special counsel means he can only be fired by an attorney general, including an incoming one for Joe Biden, for specific causes, including misconduct, dereliction of duty, or conflict of interest. And that dismissal would have to be documented in writing. So, in other words, unless John Durham does something egregious, egregiously wrong, he will be able to continue his investigation in a Biden administration, in a Biden DOJ, in a Biden AG realm. And that's important and enormous. All right, much more to analyze on this as we continue. It's 922. I've got plenty of time for your phone calls. Guest free in hour one, 216-901-0945. Coming up, your phone calls on AM 1420 The Answer.
Okay, it's 927. So much ground to cover today on uh, all of these issues regarding the election, the fraud. And, and here's a question that I think really deserves an answer. And it was raised by One American News Network's Jack Posobiec, and I hope I'm saying his name correctly. I could be, I could, it's possible that I'm not. But to uh, OANN reporter Jack Posobiec, he said, we now have a much better understanding of why more Republican elected officials, more GOP power brokers, both, again, in the elected seats and those behind them, why are they not fighting? Why are they not fighting tooth and nail on behalf of President Trump with so much at stake and with so much uh, voter fraud and electoral fraud being revealed and all kinds of irregularities with no answers. Why are they so quick to just acknowledge President-elect Biden? Why aren't they tweeting their fingers to the bones, as Wayne Dupree asked, um, over this sham of, of, of an election? Why are they not fighting for their fellow Republican president? And OANN's uh, One American News Network's Jack Posobiec said, there is a pretty good reason, and the official reason may be worse than you thought. The answer is, according to inside sources that he has within the GOP, that behind closed doors, they feel as though it doesn't benefit them to back Trump and his challenges. They want everyone to calm down and be happy that things will go back to normal. Now, I want you to think about that. It doesn't benefit them. Now, this doesn't apply to people like Jim Jordan. There are, there are some elected officials that are fighting tooth and nail and are tweeting uh, their fingers to the bone, saying that this must be investigated, audits must be held, election audits must be held in every, of the, every one of those battleground states where irregularities have been, have been witnessed. And that's a key word, witnessed, not just observed, not just alleged, witnessed by non-interested persons. Some are doing it, but the vast majority of the republic, and I think the answer is is just that. It doesn't benefit them to back Donald Trump, and many of them just want to exhale deeply and say, well, the craziness surrounding the Trump years is over. And that gives them a sense of relief. Even though he's a fellow Republican, even though he did great things for this country, they were just tired of the circus-like atmosphere. They were tired of the Trump tweets. They were tired of the Trump statements that were a little bit bizarre, a little bit out there. And rather than supporting their fellow Republican and the President of the United States in his case against all of the election fraud that has happened here, rather than supporting him, they would rather dump him in order to get back to some sense of quote-unquote normalcy. Normalcy being Democrats destroying this country and Republicans standing idly by watching. Trump tried to stop it. And now they are willing to abandon him. That is absolutely reprehensible. It is indefensible. And it's something that I would like you to respond to. 216-901-0945. I promise calls after the news. AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 936. Thanks for being with us on AM 1420, The Answer. Hey, a uh, little note to pass along. Uh, obviously, you know, so many of us want to help support 
those who are in great need. I've been telling you about Discount Drug Mart, supporting the Coats for Kids campaign for so many years. The other thing they do is Salvation Army. The Salvation Army is at most Northeast Ohio Discount Drug Mart locations uh, and will be through December 12th. So what is today? The second. So we've got 10 days. When you go to your Discount Drug Mart location, make sure you drop what you can. If you got some coins, even if you got something you can afford to put in there that folds, uh, stick it in the kettle. Do whatever you can to support this fine organization along with our friends at Discount Drug Mart. Um, all right, so Bill Barr says no fraud on a scale that changed the outcome of an election. Media says Bill Barr uh, says the election is now certified as being 100% fraud-free. Bill Barr comes back out, and the DOJ says, no, that is not what we said at all. We are still investigating several claims and will continue to, to investigate new claims that come forward with credible, credible evidence. But so far, we haven't seen anything that's big enough to change the election. And then, meanwhile, uh, Republican colleagues, if you will, I guess, of the president continue to remain silent for the most part rather than having his back and trying to stop this fraud. I would submit submit to these uh, Republican elected officials and also the kingmakers who sit behind the thrones, um, you have an obligation here not just to Donald Trump, who has done extraordinary work. And I know it wasn't easy for four years. I know I've talked about it. The president can sometimes open mouth, insert foot. Sometimes he gets uh, on Twitter early in the morning, and, the, and, and his uh, his ego or his carelessness gets the best of him. And sometimes it makes it tough when reporters say, "Hey, how do you feel about what the president said here?" And then they got to find a way to dance. I get it; it's hard, but you have an obligation, Republican elected officials who are staying silent about this and just kind of quietly accepting, if not outright calling for president-elect status for Joe Biden, even before the electors cast their votes. Rob Portman is among those. I would submit to you, you owe more than just Donald Trump. You owe democracy. We have always talked about this. Election integrity is the backbone of our democratic process. If the elections can't be trusted in this particular case then they will not be able to be trusted in future elections as well. Think about that. You owe it to the country. You owe it to the people's voters. I, I am just, I'm beside myself, you know, with, with despair when I think of people casting their votes, one of the most important things that we can do as citizens, casting their votes to find out that their vote didn't count to find out that their vote was switched by a computer system, or to find out that their vote was canceled out by the vote of somebody who voted illegally in the wrong state, or voted twice, or voted under the name of a dead guy, or voted, uh, uh, you know, sent in a vote for for uh, an absentee ballot for somebody in their household that maybe did not know it even, not absentee, beg your pardon, but the mail-in voting, didn't even know that it arrived. All of these different things it's it it upsets me greatly and it should upset republicans who care about the integrity of our elections and again democracy we've all said that if an election cannot be held fairly in which every legal vote is counted and every illegal vote is not then our democracy is dead and i think they owe the president and they owe every single voter better than that okay sam is in north richville sam you're on am 1420 the answer you're up first go right ahead sir how you doing bob I'm good, Sam. What's on your mind? Uh, I listen to Hugh Hewitt in the morning, and then I listen to you, and then I listen to Sebastian Gorka at, uh, in the afternoon show. And it seems to me like Hugh Hewitt 
uh, doesn't have a lot of good things to say about how things are going. But when I listen to Sebastian Gorka, it seems like he's always bringing up like newly found this or newly found that. And he seems a lot more upbeat about President Trump's chances. And I just wonder, I didn't know if you listened to Gorka or not, but uh, I, do. I just wondered if you did. If, what your opinion was about this, is it just me? I mean, do, am I hearing stuff that ain't being said or something? But it seems like they're completely at opposite, opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to this uh, Trump thing. I just wanted your opinion. Uh, I'm going to hang well, up so I can oh, listen to you. Uh, okay, Sam. Okay, thank you, my, my friend. Go ahead and hang up, and I'll, uh, I'll give you my best response. Um, there are different people that are in the same party. There are different types of people with different types of mindsets that share the same political ideology. Hugh Hewitt is a conservative, so is Sebastian Gorka. Hugh Hewitt, I think, would be more correctly classified, and I think he even calls himself this, as being center-right. Sebastian Gorka is far-right, like I am far-right. So I tend to be more politically aligned with that side of this discussion, uh, that there is, that every single bit of evidence that is presented or is uncovered, or if there are tips that could lead to the uncovering of more evidence, I want to pursue because it is that important. So in that regard, I'm with Sebastian Gorka. However, what I will say is that when it comes to realism, um, I think Hugh Hewitt is just trying to face the reality. Um, and I say this with all due respect. Hugh knows that, uh, you know, because I, I'm, I'm, I consider myself very good friends with Hugh Hewitt. Uh, I know him a lot better than I know, know Sebastian Gorka. I have talked with Sebastian Gorka on a number of occasions. I've hosted both of their shows. But I think Hugh is just more of a realist. I think Hugh sees what I have called for the last three and a half weeks Hail Mary passes, knowing that 99% of the time they get knocked down and they fall incomplete, or they're intercepted. I keep using this metaphor, but it is. It's a Hail Mary pass to try to overturn the election results in three or four battleground states based on, you know, the, uh, the evidence that is, that is being presented. It's a Hail Mary pass. Judges have to agree with it. Judges have to agree to hear it instead of kicking it, and they're not. I think Hugh is basically saying, you know, this is this is not going to go our way. It's not going to. And he wrote a great op-ed in the Washington Post prior to the election, in which he made a great case for Donald Trump. I believe Hugh Hewitt absolutely a thousand percent wanted President Trump to win, and he argued on his behalf the merits for for weeks and months prior to the election. But he's looking at it now and saying. To think that these Hail Mary passes are going to be completed and President Trump is going to be restored as president for another four years is wishful thinking. It's time to move on and get uh, used to the idea of Biden and what can we do to limit and stop Biden and the progressive agenda. That's just how Hugh kind of operates from my vantage point. Gorka is a lot more, as you said, great word that you use there, Sam, optimistic that President Trump can complete these Hail Mary passes and that he can get back into the White House. I, I, I tend to side with Hewitt on the realism aspect. I think the, re, the reality is it's going to be very, very hard. I wish Gorka was right, but I fear that Hugh Hewitt is right. Um, it does frustrate me to listen to Hugh come on before me and to kind of, you know, uh, you know uh, dampen the, the enthusiasm, et cetera, et cetera, of Trump supporters because I am one of those. And I want him to be wrong, but I understand where he's coming from. He's center-right. 
He wants to be able to work across the aisle with Joe Biden and his people, find a way to get things done, survive this, and then come back stronger in 2024. Um, I tend to side with Gorka on this aspect as well, that if we are unsuccessful in holding the two Senate seats in Georgia and Biden has a Democrat Congress, both branches or both uh, uh, houses of Congress, House of Representatives and the Senate, both chambers, if you will, um, there will be no more America. There is no working across the aisle with that. That progressive machine will destroy this country. So my hope would be that Sebastian Gorka's optimism is what is rewarded, but my fear is that Hughes' realism is what's going to happen. Best answer I can give. BJ's in North Olmstead. Hi, BJ, you're on the air. Go ahead, sir. Thank you, Bob. Different viewpoint. And by the way, happy birthday. Um, Close. Close. A group that despises this president because he's not one of them, because he comes from blue-collar worth. Even though he was highly educated, he was raised in a blue-collar business, tradesman. And he supports the blue-collar farmers, and he supports a lot of the blue-collar people that physically do work. Who despises him in the swamp are the people that have been running this government from top to bottom, and they're called attorneys. We have been overlawed in this country. It is the lawyers that are prosecuting Trump for whatever reason more than anything else. A lot of the congressmen and senators are attorneys. They hate his guts because he's an average American. It's not like it was when the, when the Constitution was written and this country was founded where farmers and merchants were in the House and in the Senate. Now they're we're overrun by the legal system. We call it legal. There's no morality in the legal system. There are laws made by men. And they are the ones that have been harassing him on both sides. They have backstabbed him in his own own party. We know how they've backstabbed him in the other side. So we look at trying to blame the smaller people that are doing this to Trump. This is all over the legal system. He may have to pardon himself if he goes out of office, because why? He would be sued and thrown into prison. And who would be the people judging him? Attorney judges. And we have to become aware of that. We are not being run by regular merchants and working people in this country. We're being run by the most immoral legal system that's ever existed in this country. That's what we have to become more aware of. It. And you're going to see this more and more. The people who went after Trump in the Congress and the Senate, they were mostly attorneys. The people that have backstabbed him were in his own party have been attorneys. We have to become aware of that. This is a fight for the freedom of the American people in a moral system, not a legal system. And I thank you for your time, and I thank you for listening, and I'm interested in your comments, Bob. Thank thank you, BJ. Uh, great call, great points that you make all the way uh, around. But it, it says a lot, by the way, uh, when you talk about the president may have to pardon himself and his family on his way out the door if uh, this this coup and this theft of the election is allowed to stand, which it's looking more and more like it will. Um, I asked Peter Kirsten out that yesterday, who who is one of the aforementioned attorneys. You spoke well, not one of them, but he's an attorney that you just spoke of at great length. And I asked Pete yesterday, uh, do, do you think President Trump is going to have to do that? Is he going to have to pardon himself because they are screaming on the left, lock him up, lock him up, even louder than we were screaming, lock her up, lock her up, about all of the myriad of crimes created, uh, committed by Hillary Clinton back when she was the Secretary of State and when she was a candidate for president in 2016 with her email servers and all of the other many aspects that we've all covered from, from uh, stem to stern. 
Uh, they think, they believe, and they are calling for Jerry Nadler, I think, even specifically said that when Trump is a private citizen, they want to open up new investigations into the same things that were investigated to death, to literally death. I mean, seriously, they want to restart the Russian collusion narrative. They want to restart the Ukraine. They want to find a way to lock Donald Trump up to punish him for having them having to to endure four years of of Orange Man bad. Um, and the fact that the president might have to pardon himself because he doesn't have enough legal mind speaking out on his behalf is is very very telling. And if Kirstenau says that's what he must do, he probably will do that, and that'll enrage them. As far as the uh, you know the, those who are supporting him and those who are not, I think it goes beyond just blue blood versus uh, uh, blue collar, and I think that's the best way to phrase it. Uh, I think it goes beyond that. I just think there are some politicians who don't want to have to get into the mud in order to drain the swamp. President Trump was willing to get down into the muck and try to pull the plug and drain the swamp, and other liberal, or excuse me, other uh, Republican politicians just want to talk a good game about draining the swamp, but they don't want to get down into the middle of it, and they know that Donald Trump as president makes them get in the middle of it. They'd rather, you know, they'd rather work at it from the outside, from the shore, if you will. Um, and that means getting Trump out of office, and if it happens, they're not going to complain too much. Thank you, BJ. Middleburg Heights, Dan, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Dan, go ahead. Good morning. Uh, earlier you commented that you wanted somebody to comment on uh, why the Republican Party or, the, or certain Republicans don't do anything. Yeah. You know, and step forward, you know, or, or be outraged. Right. And uh, I've been watching, including last night, the uh, development and how uh, Hitler and the Nazi Party came to power. And I see a parallel happening here, uh, not militarily uh, as radical, but uh, certain things come out. In, in the program, in their development of uh, <clears throat> censoring information, the media controlling, censoring in new newspapers, youth, sure. youth being indoctrinated through universities, control like we're experiencing with DeWine and these kind of people, these governors, you know, telling us, you know, who to eat with on Thanksgiving. This is a direct parallel uh, of, uh, to me, of, uh, you know, what's happening in our country right now. The Democratic Party, the radical left, representing this Hitlerist Nazi Party situation. Essentially, what we're experiencing here is the Republicans. Uh, it's all one. Eventually, if if those if those senators get elected in Georgia, it's going to end up being one party, and that's exactly what uh, Hitler wanted to do. And the Republicans will go along with it because. They're part of the globalist crowd, and sort of like Biden is, you know, getting money on the side or through indirectly for their families and people they know. So they're better off not saying anything and just going along with everybody else. They don't care about Trump. He's he's a thorn in their side, and uh, that's how I see this. Well, I think you're right. I think you see it pretty clearly, and thanks for the call, Dan. You know, what's really, f- you know, kind of, kind of funky is... You think about fascism and you think about communism, and some people see those two as opposite ends of a, of a, of a spectrum. There are some similarities, and the reason I say that is you talk about comparing some of what is being done to silence Trump and silence his supporters through propaganda, through censorship, and all those other things as being Hitlerian. 
as in pertaining to Hitler, and you're right, but they also identically, they are identical, rather, uh, to communist principles. One party, only the party rules. If you speak out against the party, you are suppressed, you are silenced, you are told where you can go, when you can go there, with whom you may congregate, etc. The communist aspect of what is being done is just as real as the fascist Hitlerian aspect of what is being done. And that makes one hell of an uphill climb for all of us who want to defeat both of those. 952, right back after this, AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 957, let's get a few more phone calls in here before the top of the hour. We are guest-free, by the way, until 1035, so if you don't get on before 10 o'clock, don't hang up and freak out. Um, you are got plenty of uh, opportunities after the 10 o'clock news as well. We're going to talk to Jim Renacy at 1035. TJ, Cleveland, go ahead, TJ. Yeah, hi, Bob. You know, these uh, Republicans that are uh, not backing Trump, you know, they're, not, they're just not stabbing Trump in the back. They're stabbing tens of millions of Republican voters that went out to the polls, found out that their vote didn't mean nothing because it was offset by fraud and uh, cheating. You know, these people, you look at America, and all through the history, men and women have stepped forward and not just put their careers on the line, but put their life on the line to defend this republic. And these rhinos, their personal stature is so important to them that they don't care about the oath they took to defend, uh, you know, uh, this Constitution. And I'm going to tell you, I respect an enemy more than I respect the Benedict Arnold. And in the future, I go to the polls, and Mr. Portman, I hope you're listening to this, I would rather vote for the enemy than vote for a Benedict Arnold. I mean, this has gone far enough, and B.J. hit it on the head. I've been saying this for years, Bob. The problem with this country is too many lawyers, too many psychiatric people. You know, what's ruining this country uh, yeah, I, I think as far as I'm concerned, like I said, I wouldn't touch one of these Republicans that aren't getting, you know, pitching into the fight. Like I said, their personal being is so important to them, keeping their job, keeping their salary, that they would sell their country down the river. What kind of people are they? They're worse than these commies on the other side. They're traitors. And, and sadly, sadly, TJ, there are too many of them. And I appreciate your call, my friend. You're, you're, I don't disagree with either you or BJ in that regard. Uh, there are far too many of them that are concerned about being comfortable in their own seats and making sure that their future is protected, even if it isn't in the best interest of the country. I think that's very well said, sadly. Tim in Westlake, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Tim, go ahead. Hi, Bob. Uh, so did Bill Barr, by discounting widespread voter fraud, uh, throw out the the uh, idea that the Dominion system isn't corrupt, or is he? Or you know, we saw 80 million people uh, voted for Bill for Joe Biden, which is really hard to believe. Um, or is he? Or is he throwing Dominion because he didn't say it specifically into the other category of other other things that have to be looked at? They didn't specifically say that, um, you know, with respect to the Dominion systems. But what he did say was, you know, that, that I think speaks speaks to this is when Bill Barr said that he has instructed federal prosecutors to vigorously investigate uh, evidence, legitimate evidence of fraud, but also to not 
pursue any, uh, how did he describe them? I read that uh, description before. Anything specious and fanciful, fanciful, wild, speculative allegations. And I think that was probably his referring to the idea that Dominion was used and it was used out of, out of the country. It was used in, you know, by foreign bad actors in order to switch the votes from, from Trump to Biden, et cetera, et cetera. In other words, what he is legit, what he is, uh, you know, specifically saying here is, I, oh, here it is. I found it. Um, Serious allegations should be handled with great care, but specious, speculative, fanciful, and far-fetched claims should not be a basis for initiating federal inquiries. So I think he's referring to the Dominion stuff because it's so massive on its scale, in its scale, that he would call that far-fetched, speculative, fanciful stuff, and he doesn't want the DOJ to be involved in it. So I think that's probably the answer to your question. Okay, my friend, I appreciate the phone call, Tim. Uh, It's 10.01. Let's get news now. We'll come back and get more of your phone calls right after this.